This is the Cafe Americaine podcast. I'm your host, Christian. You can listen to me on Podbean, YouTube, and I think iTunes Podcasts or Apple Podcasts, whatever that is. You can also listen to me on, what do we got? Uh, we got On the Wake Up Radio every Thursday from 9 to 11 Eastern Standard Time. Uh, you can listen to me on there. I do a show called Resonance, and it's a little bit more esoteric, a little bit more energy work, a little bit more, um, I guess, ancient mythology type of stuff than you hear here. Uh, and finally, every other Saturday, I do the Cafe Americaine radio show on an FM channel, Terrestrial Radio. Uh, that's 90.1 WUSB, Stony Brook. And if you can't listen to me there on a radio station, then you can go to WUSB.FM. I had a monumental show last Saturday, and uh, I had people calling up saying I was doing fantastic. I had people texting me. I had people making fun of me. It was, oh, my God, it was so good. Tonight's show, who knows, may not be that good, but a lot of information. First off, we're going to talk about how the Democrats are basically imploding. I mean, they, can, they can't do enough to implode. Being a former Democrat, you're starting to see the— I'm not anything right now, if you had any questions. Uh, being a former Democrat, you're starting to see how they are being pushed more and more and more to the left, to, to a socialist kind of mindset. And you have to start asking yourself, where is this coming from? Now, I, you can you can find you could probably guess, but uh, you have to start asking yourself those kinds of questions. Uh, and then we dabble a little bit into Russiagate. And finally, more updates on Jeffrey Epstein. Uh, but first, before we go anywhere else, I wanted to talk a little bit about climate change listen to this program often enough and long enough you know that i say climate change is probably regional global not so much not, or i should say uh climate change is influenced by man on a regional basis globally not so much unless you factor in chemtrails because the climate has been manipulated for over i don't know how many decades possibly a hundred years because they seed clouds to get more rain and more moisture from the air so that it rains more on the area uh, that it is uh, that the clouds are traveling over. And each state does it on their own. So each particular state is going to seed clouds over its state in hopes that more rain lands in said state. So then you have a whole state rivalry thing going on here. So Pennsylvania competes with uh, New York and New Jersey and so on and so forth. But on a large, grand scale, you know that I believe climate change is a galactic event. It is a shift that naturally occurs in the galaxy. All of the other planets in the solar system, they're going through the same thing. So to say to me that mankind is influencing the climates on other planets, I don't buy it unless we're going to go down that rabbit hole with terraforming then we can have a different discussion but for the sake of our argument tonight mankind does not influence the climate it has been proven by a japanese study 
that mankind is responsible for 0.01% of the increase in carbon dioxide in the atmosphere. 0.01%. Meaning that mankind does not statistically play any significant role in altering the amounts of CO2 in the atmosphere. It's been proven. So that leads us with what? What are we looking at then? You're looking at a natural process. You're looking at something that occurs in cycles. Just like solar maxima and solar minima, those items, meaning the amount of energy the sun puts out, sunspots, all that good stuff, those items impact the amount of CO2 in the atmosphere in a much more statistically positive way. So mankind almost plays, it doesn't play any role statistically in the amount of carbon dioxide. However, out of that 0.01% of carbon dioxide that mankind does contribute to the Earth, a French think tank, the Shift Project, reveals this stunning bit of information. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, adult content from the interwebs contributes massively to carbon dioxide emissions. In fact, out of that 0.01%, fiddling with pornography contributes 4% of all carbon dioxide emissions and also contributes about 27% of all videos viewed online. So yes, ladies and gentlemen, vaginas, penises, balls, tits, everything flopping around from men, women, trans, who knows what else. Yes, that is a huge contributor to carbon dioxide emissions. Okay, so what else do we have? And also... Viewing pornographic videos in 2018 generated carbon emissions of the same magnitude as that of a residential sector in France. Oh my god, there are a lot of horny people, and mostly horny men. Because this whole pornographic thing is now becoming a mental issue men can't seem to jerk off without porn Catherine Solano a sexologist not a mixologist a sexologist has observed for several years that for a large proportion of men masturbation is inseparable from pornography to the use of pornography and thus the visualization of online pornographic videos are therefore now associated with the utilization governed by highly automatic cognitive mechanisms, meaning your penis and brain, which allows the efficient monetization of the products proposed. Today, the economic development of viewing online pornographic videos is therefore built on a cognitive amalgam resulting from the marketing practices of the sector, the association of using pornography with the physical act of sex. Seeing a naked body activates an initial automatic reaction in the brain which arouses interest linked 
to the evolutive reflex of the possibility of procreation, meaning when you see pictures, you get horny. Since we know that our cognitive mechanisms host a bias called trigger effect that induces inertia in our thought processes, we can understand that the sexualization of content for the general public introduces pornographic uses within a blah, blah, blah. So... This is interesting. Jacking off to pornography, which is now almost all you men apparently cannot do it, cannot jerk off unless they're looking at porn. They can't climax. They can't get hard unless they're looking at porn. This is a very interesting topic because this goes along with now you know why there's free pornography. This goes along with my other theory of stymieing population growth you have various ways that they stymie population growth including vaccines as bill gates pointed out to us a couple of years ago you also have contraception on the rise there's a pun there uh birth control for both sexes yes i said both and uh, what else do you have? Yeah, you got war, uh, the the rise of this enormous, enormous interest in same sex relationships and physical emotions. You know, nowadays, uh, I was talking to a friend of mine, and he deals with students, and he said there are more. Uh, gay and lesbian students now than ever. And I said, well, yeah, that's probably because they're trying to stymie population growth. So what they're doing is is that they're creating same-sex couples. They're allow they're only they're essentially rewiring the male brain to only be able to jerk off to pornography because it, it, when a physical when an actual woman or another partner comes into the mix, forget about it. They can't. They can't do it. They just. They. They don't have that Pavloni, Pavlovian response. There's no pointing and clicking. There's just, I don't know, tickling and licking, and they don't know what to do about it. Cause they're all fucking geeks. So it's just another. And I. And before I go on, I don't want to hear anything about. Oh, you're against gay, lesbians, transgender, whatever. I'm not. I love and fuck and suck whoever you want. However, if you're asking my honest opinion, and if you are because you're listening to me, I'm saying that the rise of that culture and the rise of the acceptance of same-sex love has to do with the powers that be trying to stymie population growth. It's fine. Love is love, and whoever you love is fine. But look at the bigger picture here. And you have to say that's true. Now, me, on a metaphysical level, I'm ready to blast off Earth. I have had enough, so I'm not. I'm going to get off of Earth as fast as possible, one way or another. So when you touch yourself and tickle your balls, bear in mind you are a dastardly contributor to climate change and CO2 emissions. So... Let that add on to the guilt that mankind must always carry. Original sin continues to this day.
pardon while I take a sip. I'm tired. This is in one week. This is going to be the third program, the no, fourth program. I've done four radio shows in a week. That's almost full time. And I'm not getting paid for it. So, yeah, that should happen. Hopefully it'll happen soon. Who knows? The next thing that I wanted to talk about will probably take a little bit. The Democrats are imploding. And part of this has to do with the rise of AOC and the demise of Pelosi. Pelosi is nothing more than a Democrat shill. I mean, it is obvious that she doesn't give a shit about pretty much anybody. Same thing with Kamala Harris. Kamala Harris doesn't care about people. She closed down the Hamptons for a weekend so that she can stroke bankers and get campaign donations. So don't tell me that she's speaking for the little guy. Because she isn't. There's no way she's speaking for the little guy. Or little gal. And so what we're witnessing is the demise of the Democrat Party or a vast vast redoing a realignment realignment of the democrat party to be something that is quite quite radical one of the uh one of the i guess fifth columns that the democrats and the left employ mostly george soros by the way his son or nephew i should say not his son his son Got his name, something Soros. Has been it has been found in Jeffrey Epstein's black book. So what does that tell you? The terrorist. I don't know if you heard about this guy, sixty-nine-year-old William von Spronson. He was very, very upset about all of these ice arrests. Ice being the group that goes after folks that are in the United States illegally whether most of the time they go after people that have actually done something wrong like Trump announced with all these ice raids that uh, essentially they're going to be targeting people that have done nasty things and they're still in the United States and they've done nasty things Many, many times. And Trump said, families, kids, women, they don't, you don't have to worry about that. We're only going to go after the real bad guys here. And so the Democrats, the Democrats violating federal law, decided to give tips on how to avoid ICE and how to not get arrested by ICE. You're violating federal law. You can't do that. And if you don't want to violate federal law, then you have to change the law. Like all these sanctuary cities. Doesn't make any sense. How are these cities getting federal money? Makes no sense. They should not be getting federal money if you have a president in power that is serious about immigration. Illegal immigration. Me, on the other hand, I take the, uh, you know... I take the approach, are you really going to deport 30 million people, 10% of the population? No, of course you're not going to do that. 
That's, that's outrageous. What you should do is give everybody amnesty to some degree. Everybody, in the year 2020, if you're on a list, if you've tried to apply to become a citizen in the United States, guess what? Amnesty. You're in. You're in. If you're a bad person, out you go. Guess how many votes somebody like that would get. Speaking of votes, nah, forget it. Talk about it later. So a terrorist, not a terrorist, 69-year-old Willem von Spronson uh, decided to firebomb, not really firebomb, he just threw a couple of Molotovs, I believe. Uh, according to the manifesto uh, that this guy left, he was armed with an AR-15, and he says, I am Antifa. And he is opposed to the concentration camps throughout the United States. Now, let's get something straight. <sighs> yes, there are concentration camps in the United States. They're called FEMA camps. They're all over the United States. And you can find a map of them, an interactive map of them. These facilities probably are poorly run and oversaturated with people they cannot handle. So, yes, the conditions are poor. Are they concentration camps? Probably not. I don't believe there are any gas chambers. I don't believe they are forcing illegal immigrants to dig their own mass graves and subsequently shoot them in the graves. And I do not believe they're performing any sort of genetic experiments on these people. Not yet. Because I don't trust them. I would not put the past them either. So he left this big old manifesto. He says, my trans comrades, and so on and so forth. He's supposed to be the Antifa bomber. And this is what the left allows to happen. They are fine with Antifa. If you look at any of the people that have been arrested, or any of the people, or any uh, protests that include Antifa, you see people that are covered up with anything. Hoods, handkerchiefs, masks. They're always covered up, and they're almost never caught, and they're almost the ones that begin the physical confrontations every time. So this tells me, and the few of them that have been arrested, they are not a shade darker than porcelain. They're all white. So what's, how is this happening? To me, this looks like a fifth columnist insurgency. Somebody is hiring these people. Somebody is hiring Antifa. They are mercenaries. I don't know who's hiring them. I would assume somebody like George Soros or one of his organizations or an organization that's funded by an organization that's run by George Soros. One of those things, you know, like a seven degrees from Kevin Bacon or whatever, three degrees. So you got that whole thing going on. And the Democrats and the left, the, oh, resist, resist. Yes, we need to get out in the street. You're all fucking morons. You're all more. You, you don't get this. You don't get how this works. Because if you go out there and resist and start fights and throwing Molotov cocktails, that means 
that you are on the same playing field and the same level as the government and the cops. And guess what? You're not going to win. The only thing that's going to happen after that is the rights of all American citizens. Notice I didn't say citizens of the United States of America. I said U.S. or American citizens. They're going to be diminished in a very significant way. Antifa is not anybody's friend. Antifa is a weapon of the power elite to remove the rights of American citizens. That's all Antifa is. It's guised under a leftist cause. And that cause is nonsense. It's absolutely nonsense. And all of the things that Antifa protests about. Uh, tr what what trans rights, gay rights, lesbian rights? Uh, no, I'm not saying that's their primary argument here. I'm just those are things I'm rattling off here. Immigration, all of that stuff. They're all leftist Democrat causes, but still, you have to understand what's going on here. Right now, the left and the Democrats are charged up for the wrong reasons. The only positive from all this is that they're at least charged up. At least they're starting to think, hey, wait a minute, the government really doesn't work here. And don't think it worked under Obama or Clinton, because it didn't. And speaking of these ICE raids, AOC, by the uh, AOC... She's a fantastic actress. You can find her on YouTube auditioning for the role that she's currently playing. AOC is out there, and she went to one of these so-called concentration camps, and there were photographers, and they had all the right angles, and oh my God, she was on her knees sobbing, sobbing about the the horrible conditions that e these illegal immigrants were suffering from. Well, it turns out that it's all in the angle. Because if you took a look at where AOC was on her knees, crying, clutching to a fence, you find out that she was clutching to a fence that was guarding an empty parking lot. But the photo op is what matters. Former ICE chief stuns and embarrasses AOC. Because she comes out guns blazing. Seeking asylum is a legal right. How come the federal government is violating rights? And she is, oh boy. She is speckledorfed. For a Spongebob reference. She tries to push this guy around. And says... Uh, the guy's name, by the way, is Custom Enforcement Immigrate. She's wow. Somebody's tired. Acting Director of Immigration and Customs Enforcement, Thomas Holman. That's who AOC Ocasio Cortez was going after. The recommendations. Okay. Uh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> the recommendations that AOC said of the many you recommended you recommended family separation meaning if there is an illegal group of individuals that come across the border 
uh, ice separates child from supposed guardian. Now, there are many, many children that are raped along the way, and the supposed guardians are not really guardians. Or, if they are, there have been instances where these family members have pimped out their children to generate money, so when they get across the border, they've got some cash. That's what's going on here. Not for all of them. Don't, cat don't make me out to be some bombastic... Well, I am. But don't make me out to be some stereotype... I'm saying some. Not all, some. And you can't say that I'm wrong about this. So AOC basically says, you started a zero-tolerance policy, and that recommended that families be separated. Holman responded, I recommended zero-tolerance. The same it is with every U.S. parent that gets arrested with their child. AOC pushes back. And Holman basically drops the hammer on her. And she gets she gets stunned. She doesn't know what to say. She ruffles papers. She tries to, like, push up her glasses. So she pushes back against that statement. Holman responds, if I get arrested for a DUI and I have a young child in the car, I'm going to be separated. And this is where AOC responds, well, they are, they are asylum seekers, and seeking asylum is not illegal. And she's right there. Seeking asylum isn't illegal. However, the way you do seek asylum matters. Holman responded, if you want to seek asylum, then go to a port of entry. Do it the legal way. The Attorney General of the United States has made that clear. She didn't know what to do. She fumbled around with her papers, pushed up her glasses, had a look on her face. Like, like she she looked like Butthead from Beavis and Butthead, the upper lip, like, uh, uh, uh. She didn't know what to do. She, she talks well. She's a good actress. And she has, she's fantastically well-known. I mean, everybody knows about her. Her name is out there. But she's not very bright. She doesn't understand the way laws work, especially when you're dealing with commercial admiralty law. After AOC, Representative Jesus Chuy Garcia. Sounds like a candy bar. Chuy Garcia. Democrat of Illinois. Garcia opened up and said, Mr. Holman... Do you understand? Or, you think he sounds a little bit... I <laughs> think he has an accent. I Maybe I'll do it. Maybe I'll. Mr. Holman, do you understand that the consequences of separation of many children will be lifelong trauma and carried across generations? Have we not learned from the internment of Japanese Americans? Mr. Holman, I'm a father. Do you have children? How can you possibly allow this to happen under your watch? Do you not care? It is because these children don't look like children that are around you. I don't get it. I have have you ever held a deceased child in your arms? 
what what of what an idiot what a moron i mean you want to talk about how much how many cliched lines of crap are in one paragraph just read representative chewy garcia's quote here i mean this is ridiculous comparing it to japanese americans that's that is mind-boggling and then asking him have you held a deceased child in your own ridiculous absolutely ridiculous and all it's doing is allowing him to get a media bite out of this so that the media can run rampant with what he said and use it as snippets to go against anything that ICE does or anything that Trump does. Mr. Holman responded, First of all, your comments are disgusting. I've served my country for 34 years. This is out of control. Yes, I held a five-year-old boy in my arms that was in the back of a tractor trailer and knelt down beside him and said a prayer for him because I knew what the last 30 minutes of his life were like, and I had a five-year-old son at the time. What I've been doing in my 34 years serving my nation is to save lives. So for you to sit there and insult my integrity and my love of my country and for my children, that's why this whole thing needs to be fixed, and you're the member of Congress. Fix it. And to that, Chewy Garcia basically had nothing else to say. There's something else going on here. These Democrats and leftists and some Republicans, there's something else going on. They're not out there for the poor. They're not out there looking out for the downtrodden trying to get that family across the border so that they can lead a better life. You want to give them a better life? Stop messing around in their economies. Stop with the sanctions. Stop with the death squads across Central America. Stop funding drug dealers and drug cartels. Why don't you stop that? How come nobody talks about that? How come nobody talks about how the war on drugs isn't the war to eliminate drugs, but it's the war to, to, to reduce the amount of competitiveness in the drug market? The United States government only wants to deal with certain cartels, so the other cartels are on the shit list. Notice how there aren't any problems coming from Colombia anymore. But the drugs are still flowing freely. It's, it is mind-boggling. Do you think I should try to read Chewy Garcia's quote here with an Hispanic accent? Or do you think that'll be too much? <laughs> I'll, maybe I'll read one sentence before I get in trouble. Oh, hello. Canine guard unit here. All right, I'll do one sentence. Do you understand the consequences of a separation of many children? No, I can't do it. That's too bad. That's too bad. If I was on, if I was on serious, 
XM radio, then maybe I would do it, but uh, I'm not going to do it now. So, I mean, everybody is getting upset with AOC. And they're starting to realize that she's she's just this, this mind-boggling tart should just shut up. And it's becoming more and more obvious to the powers that be within the Democrat Party, like Pelosi and other people that really run the party. Like they, when AOC first came in, they probably thought, oh, how cute. She likes to shoot her mouth off, but nothing. We, we have to, we're, we're in charge here, sweetheart. You're not going to get very far. And that's where you see all of the news stories come out about her and Pelosi going at it behind closed doors. Pelosi saying enough is enough. Thank you very much, but shut up. So there was a poll that came out. And it's not good. It's not good. It's an internal poll within the Democratic Party. Axios is reporting this. Representatives Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and Ilhan Omar are toxic to swing voters. Swing voters are the ones that really potentially decide the election. right? So the way you win an election is mainly getting out your base. Not enough people vote in this country to begin with. So the ones that you can only really rely on are your base. So most elections is just a competition to get your base out to vote. And hopefully your base outvotes your opposition's base. And in the middle, you've got this gray voters, these likely voters, these, these uh, let's see, the, the swing voters, they call them. And that's the, and Trump trounced all of that. Trump didn't speak to the swing voters. He spoke to the base. That's one of the reasons why he won. Another reason why he won is because he got more electoral votes in the Electoral College from the Electoral College. A lot of Democrats like to ignore that fact. Wait, he lost the popular vote. Doesn't matter. Doesn't say that you win the presidential election by popular vote. It's not how this shit works. Anyway. The poll, taken in May, before Speaker Pelosi's latest run-in with AOC and the three other liberal House freshmen known as the Squad, included 1,003 likely general election voters who are white and have two years of less college or less of college education. So essentially, they're going after, they're trying to go after Trump's base with these people. These are the white non-college voters who embraced Donald Trump in 2016 but are needed by Democrats in swing House districts. The group that took the poll shared the results with Axios on the condition that, it is, that they not be named because the group has to work with all parties within, well, all groups within the party. The findings, Ocasio-Cortez was recognized by 74% of the voters. And 22% had a favorable view. That stinks. Represent, Representative Ihan Omar, Ihan Ilhan Omar of Minnesota 
Another member of the squad was recognized by 53% of the voters. 9% had a favorable view. Socialism was viewed favorably by 18%. Unfortunately, nobody decided to tell them about retirement and social security because it's the same fucking thing. And unfavorably by 69%. Capitalism was 56% favorable, 32% unfavorable. Socialism is toxic to these voters, said the top Democrat. So this is telling. The Democrats are trying to find out a way to go after Trump supporters, but they're not going to go after the Trump base. They're going after they're going to try to go after the people that are um, essentially the ones that won Trump the election. The ones that said, hey, I like this guy speaks like me. He doesn't care. He comes up with nicknames for people because he can't remember their names. Those are the people that won Donald Trump the election. There's nothing else, nothing else you have to talk about. That's what it is. Even Rahm Emanuel, former chief of staff for Barack Obama, former chief of staff for Bill Clinton, his father, Ron, uh, I forgot, not, not Ron, his brother is involved with uh, Affordable Care Act, did some icky things with that. His father was present in the, the Levant after World War II and was responsible. He's part of one of those terrorist groups that bombed Israel into existence, killed a whole bunch of British soldiers. So this guy, I, I, he's not a very good person. He's one of these people that slants everything. And general, an all-around moron. He's smart, brilliant, but he's an idiot. So Maureen Dowd, another insufferable shrew from the Wall Street Journal, Wrote an op-ed, Scaling Woke Back Mountain. And she cited former Chicago Mayor Rahm Emanuel referencing Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez as a snot-nosed punk. Oh, jeez. Oh, jeez. And he says that... AOC is essentially responsible for destroying the Democrat Party. He's not that far off. But what destroyed the Democrat Party is its hubris, beginning with Hillary Clinton, and also its spinelessness by not kicking Hillary Clinton out of the party and giving Hillary Clinton the nomination, and allowing her to cheat to get the nomination. That's what's going on. Her snot-nosed punk chief of staff, Sekhet Chakrabarti, sent shockwaves through the Democrat caucus 
when he posted a tweet about the border bill comparing moderate and blue dog Democrats, some of whom are black, to southern segregationists in the 40s. Rahm Emanuel went off the... What votes did you get? You should only be so lucky to learn from somebody like Nancy Pelosi, who has shown incredible courage and who had twice returned the Democrat Party to power. We fought for years to create the majorities to get Democrat presidents elected and re-elected. They have not decided what's more important. Do, you, do they want to beat Trump or do they want to clear the moderates and centrists out of the party? You really think weakening the speaker is the right strategy to get rid of Donald Trump and everything he stands for? Excellent question, Mr. Emanuel. They're fuming at AOC right now. They're fuming at her. Because she's an idiot. Well, she's not. Somebody hired her. Somebody hired her. And that's what we're trying to figure out. Because it wasn't a Democrat that hired her. Somebody else did this. And uh, I don't I don't know who, but it's not an American that hired her. This was meant to weaken America. And I don't they don't even start talking to me about Russia and everything else. Now, there are on some things I'm probably going to agree with AOC. Like the whole idea of Free college. I mean, and Bernie said free college. There's no reason why somebody should not be afforded a community college education, either for an associate's degree or getting licensed in a trade. There's no reason why somebody can't do that. If you if the government is allowing these bankers and investment bankers to basically get tax rebates and pay almost nothing in taxes or allow these corporations to get billions and billions of dollars in tax rebates, meaning the government pays them to do business in the United States. There's no reason why there should not be there should not be education at the college level, maybe at, at state universities or or community colleges. And there's no reason, zero reason, why there should be shitty health care for everybody. No reason whatsoever. Oh, well, you have the Affordable Care Act. Have you ever used that garbage? The amount of money it takes to pay for that crap and the kind of coverage that you get, you might as well use a newspaper and some bacitracin. It's filthy garbage it was a bailout for insurance companies and you can't get any drugs from canada the 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 pharmaceuticals are still allowed to run rampant with the increased drug costs in the united states compared to the rest of the world and compared to the amount that it actually costs to make the damn stuff it's an outrage it is absolutely ridiculous that Anybody should question those two concepts. Getting a free ride to get a license in a trade, like electric, like becoming an electrician, 
Carpenter, Millwright, whatever, or getting a college education at a community level or a state school, there's no reason why those things should not be happening. None. Zero. Not, I mean, these Trump called them all out. And for what it's worth, Trump is now being lambasted as a racist. As a racist. But if you read the whole thing about what he said, he basically said they should go back to where they came from. He said so interesting to see progressive Democrat congresswoman, women, excuse me, plural, who originally came from countries whose governments are a complete and total catastrophe. The worst, most corrupt, and inept anywhere in the world, besides the United States, if they even have a functioning government at all. Now loudly and viciously telling the people of the United States, the greatest and most powerful nation on earth, how our government is to be run. Oh, really? Why don't they go back and help fix the totally broken and crime-infested places from which they came. Now, here is where everybody stops the quote. The rest of the sentence is, then come back and show us how it is done. He never said, go back home, you filthy, brown, awful human being. He said, why don't they go back and help fix the totally broken and crime-infested places from which they came, then come back and show us how it is done. It's a little bit different than how the media is portraying this whole thing. These places need your help badly. You can't leave fast enough. I'm sure that Nancy Pelosi would be very happy to quickly work out your free travel arrangements. A jab at Nancy Pelosi and how she was getting free government plane tickets when, in fact, she should not have been. So even, I mean, Trump has his finger on the pulse for the Democratic elite. It's hysterical. It's hysterical. And they, and the, the mainstream media, the left-leaning mainstream media, come out swinging at Donald Trump saying, oh, he is racist and he wants it. But they do not finish the quote. And in the quote, Trump says, then come back and tell us how it's done. He may have been insulting the country from which they've come from, but he does not kick them out. He does not say that he does not want them here. He just wants them to create a better environment and better government in the country of their origin, then come back and teach the United States government how to do the same thing. So they went against him. The mainstreams totally, totally shot at Donald Trump. Racist, bigot, we don't need this, blah, 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 so on and so forth. Trump tweets back, we will never be a socialist or communist country. If you are not happy here, you can leave. It is your choice and your choice alone. This is about love for America. Certain people hate our country. They are anti-Israel, pro-Al-Qaeda, and comment on the 9-11 attack 
some people did something. Now, let me stop you right there. Pro-Al-Qaeda. Let me tell you about that. Listen to any of my podcasts and radio shows about the conflict in Syria or the conflict anywhere else. Al-Qaeda is Western-backed. It is funded, supported by Turkey, the UK, France, Germany, Italy, United States, Israel. Everybody supports Saudi Arabia, UAE. They all support Al-Qaeda. They all support ISIS. So they're not pro-Al-Qaeda any more than the United States government is pro-Al-Qaeda. Oh, they're anti-Israel. I somehow doubt that. Because what they do is they constantly miscategorize Israeli policy as anti-Semitism. It's a brilliant PR plan. You cannot con- you cannot critique anything Israel does without being categorized as anti-Semitic. Never mind that Semitism is a language. That's like saying I am anti-American English, but I am pro-English English. It's all word games. And it is a brilliant propaganda effort on behalf of the Zionists. I mean, it is, it's, it's fucking brilliant. It's, it's no more, it is just as brilliant as Russiagate. And you can't deny them. I mean, I think it's, I think it's horseshit because I don't care if you're Jewish. It doesn't matter if you're Jewish. But if Israel does something stupid, then yeah, I'm going to say, you know, Israel, you did something fucking stupid. But oh, you're anti-Semitic. I'm not anti-Semitic. If you're pushing people around, kicking them off olive groves in the middle of the night and shooting everybody in the legs. I mean, have you seen some of the pictures of one-legged people playing soccer? I mean, it's heartbreaking. It's heart-wrenching. Anyway, Trump continues. Radical left Democrats want open borders, which means drugs, crime, human trafficking, and much more. Detention centers are not concentration camps. True. America has never been stronger than it is now. Maybe. Rebuilt the military. Doubtful. Highest stock market ever. True, but full of crap. Lowest unemployment. Nonsense. And more people working than ever before. Maybe. Keep America great. And that's what he, and this, oh my God, oh my, the outrage, oh my God. What's so hysterical about all of this is that AOC and Ilhan Omar, they're out there, they're getting all of the media attention, and this is exactly what Trump wants. That's exactly what they want. Because if they do that, if Trump pushes AOC and creates a rivalry between the the old fart regime and the Democrats and the new, more radical left of the Democrats, like AOC and Ilhan Omar, then you're going to see Some extremely, extremely 
happy Republicans. I mean, think about it. It's a whole divide-and-conquer mindset. You say things that gets AOC up in a furor, and then all of a sudden, Democrat leadership have to deal with her. And they don't want to deal with her. They want to maintain the status quo. The status quo being the same nonsense you've seen for the past 70, seven decades of, oh, we've got this issue, and then, oh, boy, just out of reach. Just out of reach. Shucks. Like, I'll give you an example. Republicans. They don't want to outlaw abortion because if they outlaw abortion, that means there's one less issue to generate money from in the form of campaign donations, just like the cancer industry. They they don't want a cure for cancer. They want to treat the symptoms. They don't want to treat the issue because if they actually treat the issue of cancer, then that means that the industry goes away. And then you've got all of these people out of a job. And you've got all these pharmaceutical companies not making enough money. Don't tell me that they don't have a cure for cancer. Of course they have a cure for cancer. This is what all this is about. Generating money. The old guard in the Democrat Party, they want to continue the status quo of just barely getting it, but not really changing anything. Because that means if they didn't change anything, or if they did change something, their campaign donations dry up. Oh, healthcare for all. We just couldn't get healthcare through. And then two years later, we need to pass this healthcare bill. We need your money now. And of course, all the rank and file Democrats open up their wallets and give more and more money to the Democrats. Same thing with Repu Republicans do the same thing. I gave you an example of how they do the same thing. But the AOCs, they honestly believe that they're going to change the status quo you've got these people the denver post was reporting at an ice facility there was a big old protest i mean this is the kind of people that the democrats are now attracting there were some flagpoles outside of an ice facility they take the flags down three flagpoles they take them down they put up one Mexican flag. Now, by the way, a lot of these immigrants are not from Mexico. They're from other Central American countries. So immediately, these radicals are stereotyping. Two, they took down the American flag. And they defined, uh, defaced it. They didn't define it. They defaced it. They already knew what it was. <laughs> they defaced it. They wrote some sort of crap on it. Then they turned the flag upside down and yanked it back up the flagpole. That means that this country or this facility is in distress. These are the people that are being attracted to the Democrat Party with AOC. And you're telling me that Trump supporters are more dangerous than this. You're telling me that Trump supporters are out there to cause problems. And they're neo-Nazis. They were never neo-Nazis. There are neo-Nazis out there that align themselves with Trump, but Trump doesn't align himself with neo-Nazis. 
I mean, you, you, let's get real here. And it go, it's even more, it gets even more radical. Representative Ayanna Presley. Oh, and by the way, there was another idiot from Florida, a Democrat representative from Florida. She goes around and she wears these outrageously colored clothing, clothes. She's got this big, stupid pink uh, cowboy hat on, and she wears these dumb pink uh, rhinestone-studded, uh, I guess, denim jackets. And she wants to prosecute anybody that critiques or makes fun of a member of Congress. What? Talk about a prick. How fragile is your ego, sweetheart? Deal with it. Anyway, Representative Ayanna Presley, Democrat of Massachusetts. Are you ready for this? You cannot be a Democrat unless you essentially race bait. She goes, we don't need any more brown faces that don't want to be a brown voice. We don't need any black faces that don't want to be a black voice. We don't need Muslims that don't want to be a Muslim voice. We don't need queers that don't want to be a queer voice. Mm-hmm. Wow. Essentially, and she doesn't mention any white folks, you cannot be a Democrat unless you are going to go to the fringes of the left and simply assume everything is race-driven. And I didn't know you could use the word queer anymore. I thought that was just as bad as the other F word. I thought queer and fag were about on the same level, but here I am. I stand corrected. No, I do not call anybody the F word. Although, in my heart of hearts, back in the day, when it was acceptable to use the F word, it was pretty funny in certain jokes. It's still being used today, let's be honest. But people in media, they don't want to talk about it. You can't use it. I mean, it, it's so stupid. I think every anybody should be able to say anything they want. If you want to make a joke, uh, a racial joke, a uh, Religious joke. Sure, do it. Everybody does it, except they don't do it publicly. And why? Who cares? Oh, I'm hurt. I get my feelings. Shut up. God. So, such nonsense. It truly is nonsense. Nobody has a sense of humor anymore. And it, it's just outrageous. Now, representative. Speaking of people with sense, uh, a good sense of humor, Representative Peter King. I listen. Not my type of guy. Not my cup of tea. He will do anything in his power to bomb brown people and violate rights in the name of combating terrorism. But he said, "I'm for America," except when it comes to standing up for privacy. So, I mean, that's whatever. However, 
King, Representative King, told New York radio host billionaire John Katsimatidis. I think he ran for mayor one time. Uh, he said there was no legal basis at all. And we're, we're segueing here drastically to the whole Russiagate thing. It's still going on. It's still, but it's not going on the way the Democrats want it to go on. The Democrats are going to be in trouble when all of this is through. Peter King said to John Katsimatidis, I think he's Greek. Doesn't it sound like that? There was no legal basis at all for them to begin, the Democrats, to begin the investigate. not the Democrats. John Clapper, Brennan, Comey, Obama, Clinton, all of them. To begin the investigation of his campaign, Trump's campaign. Uh, when asked about the ongoing probe by Attorney General William Barr, referring to the FBI's application for a FISA warrant, just from evidence I've seen over the last several years being on the Intelligence Committee, being a member of Congress, there's no doubt to me that there were severe, serious abuses that were carried out in the FBI and, I believe, the top levels of the CIA. A. This ain't good. According to Fox News, Republicans, including California Representative Devin Nunes, claimed that federal authorities did not fully disclose their reliance on an unverified dossier compiled by Christopher Steele. Democrats dispute the notion that anything improper took place. They claim the dossier did not play a major role and point to the footnote in the warrant application that acknowledged some of the information came from research on Trump that was likely meant to hurt his campaign. It was smear. It was mud. It was feces. Unverified feces. There wasn't even a kernel of truth in that pile of feces. Mind the pun. So, there's a lot that's going to come out. And do not doubt me on this. In 2019, well, this is 2019. Coming up, right before the 2020 election. So, probably towards the end of the year into next year. You are going to see so much dirt come out about Russiagate and what the Democrats did, about hacked emails. Oh, boy, Russia gave WikiLeaks all of those emails. Russia is the way they hacked Hillary Clinton's emails, and they're the ones that gave WikiLeaks John Podesta's email. Wait a minute. If they hacked Hillary's emails then how come WikiLeaks posted John Podesta's emails? Hillary Clinton's emails were never posted anywhere. So who is the one that got John Podesta's emails? Clearly it was another Russia hack. It was a Russian troll farm. It was this Russian co company. It was Putin. It was Putin the whole time. Let me tell you something. There's a court case going on. And let me read you a snippet of a document from said court case. 
shortly after the murder of Seth Rich. Now, if you do any sort of forensic research on the amount of time it took to download all of John Podesta's emails, it was a short amount of time. The only way it would be that short is if somebody went to a computer or a server or whatever and downloaded those emails directly to a thumb drive. It could not be somebody from Russia. The, it took, it didn't take enough time. I mean, we're talking literal milliseconds to seconds here. But the only way this works out is if somebody with a thumb drive downloaded John Podesta's emails. That's the only way it works out. Seth Rich was murdered in a crosswalk. The media came out and said, well, uh, this was a clearly a botched robbery. He was in a seedy part of town. And so it is uh, nothing to see here. Seth Rich, Seth Rich was a Democrat. So let me continue. Shortly after the murder, the interim DNC chair at the time, Donna Brazil, who, by the way, was giving questions to Hillary Clinton prior to the debates so that Bernie Sanders had a disadvantage, reached out to Mr. McCabe. Mr. McCabe, the FBI agent flunky, to James Comey and Washington, D.C. Mayor Muriel Bowser for help in dealing with the political consequences of Seth Rich's murder. Miss Brazil, new suspicions would arise soon, fairly or unfairly, that the murder was connected to the email leaks. John Podesta's. D.C. police allowed the FBI to unlock Seth Rich's electronic devices and the FBI data showing that Mr. Rich had indeed provided the DNC emails to WikiLeaks. This is in a court document. This, fa this is a fact. It has not been disputed. This is in a court case. It continues, at Mr. McCabe's direction, that information was kept secret with orders that it not be produced in response to any Freedom of Information Act request. For her part, Ms. Bowser directed D.C. police not to pursue any investigative avenues that might connect the murder to the email leaks. At her direction, local police blamed the murder on a botched robbery, even though Mr. Rich's watch, wallet, and other belongings remained. Right there. Right there is your Russiagate. Seth Rich downloaded Podesta's emails onto a thumb drive, gave it to WikiLeaks, and was murdered for it. And the Democrats knew about it. And the police knew about it. 
and the FBI knew about it, and they covered it up. And the people that were doing the cover-ups are the same people that are the media darlings of today. Clapper, Comey, Brennan, McCabe, Lisa Page, Stroke, Peter Stroke. Not to make a reference to our first story about CO2 levels and masturbation. This, this is no, there's no Russiagate. This is bigger than Watergate. This, you cannot fathom how grand of a conspiracy this is to unseat a president that was elected the right way. And nobody in the media is talking about this. Nobody in the mainstream media is talking. This is why people listen to the Cafe American podcast. Because we are an avant-garde group of folks. We're so far ahead of the curve that we're four years down the road and we're waiting for people to catch up to us because we're brilliant. Some people would call us fucking brilliant and I would have to agree with them. <laughs> so watch for the fallout with that. Wow. An hour 10. Okay. We didn't even hit Epstein yet. But here we go. Gird your loins. We're going to do this quick because I'm fucking tired. So Jeffrey Epstein being arrested, pedophiles, so on and so forth. We have to ask the question, what caused Jeffrey Epstein to come back to the United States? Jeffrey Epstein had an airplane called the Lolita Express. On the Lolita Express, it was renovated renovated to have beds and kitchens and all of the amenities that anybody would ever want when they had feisty urges to have sex with how the media puts it underaged women meaning children The Lolita Express was sold in a magnificent example of prescience. Uh, I think six weeks before Epstein was arrested, he had another plane, but it was sold six weeks before his arrest, his most recent arrest. Now, I mean, this person must be reading the tea leaves in order to sell that little plane with all of the dirty evidence and Lovick all over it. So why would Epstein come back to the United States knowing? Because he wasn't in the United States when he was arrested or when they put out a warrant. on He wasn't there. He, w he flew back to the United States. He must have known that they were out for him. Now, there's interesting little bits of information that have been coming out about this whole Epstein thing. And my 
my personal feeling is that Epstein is more than likely an intelligence asset, much like the cadaverous Ann Coulter pointed out to us, that she believes it is a state sponsor and uh, that is supporting Jeffrey Epstein, and that is how he got all of his money. I, I, com I wouldn't be surprised if that's part of it. I would also suspect that the reason why he has so much money, and by the way, he's no longer a billionaire. Supposedly, he only has $559 million. So let's, let's set the record straight now. I would also suspect the reason why Jeffrey Epstein made his fortune the way it is has to do with human trafficking, drug trafficking, and child trafficking, as well as putting on satanic shows for the political elite and then subsequently getting paid by said state sponsor for blackmail videos. He would then go to the individuals that engaged in nefarious acts and say, hey, I have an investment company. Instead of paying me the money directly, why don't you invest in my company? And I'll keep my mouth shut, and then you can continue to come back to all of my parties with underage women. That's how I think Jeffrey Epstein made his cash. But the bigger question remains. Why did Jeffrey Epstein come back to the United States? I think it has to do with, believe it or not, I think it has to do with commercial admiralty law. Because Epstein himself was arrested on the plane. He did not set foot on American soil. So that means that essentially the feds, or the Port Authority in this case, had a warrant out for Jeffrey Epstein's plane, not Jeffrey Epstein. He flew back to the United States from Paris on July 6th. And because they arrested the plane, that's why you're seeing stories about how Jeffrey Epstein is putting his home and planes up as collateral or as bail because he is the commercial representative of those assets. So essentially, the feds went after the company Jeffrey Epstein. You have to do some research into commercial admiralty law really quick. There's essentially two of you that's born. There's the corporation that's born, and then there is the you that is born. The corporation uh, is you can tell if you are act, uh, if you're acting like the corporation if you engage in anything that uses your name in all caps, such as a credit card or your driver's license. Okay. And so that's how the government and states can go after you. They go after the corporation. You show up to court. You're the representative of the corporation. That's how all of that works. In this case, Jeffrey Epstein is a representation of the corporation of Jeffrey Epstein and the flights and the assets of the corporation. 
corporation in this case, including or has at its disposal an apartment, a 77, four, 77 million four story, 21,000 square foot apartment in New York City with heated sidewalks and also an airplane, multiple airplanes. To the judge's credit, he said, no, you, you can't use the apartment as collateral. You can't use the airplane as collateral. You just sold an airplane last month. If you use this airplane as collateral, there's clearly you have the money to buy another airplane and skip town. It's not going to work. Now, what's interesting about this is the uh, are the players in all of this. So defending Jeffrey Epstein is none other than uh, this this idiot. Alan Dershowitz, Professor Emeritus. I mean, over the years, I, I've swayed on Alan Dershowitz many times. There are there are a few instances where I think he writes something that's very thoughtful. A lot of the times, I think he's got his head up his ass. So, uh, Alan Dershowitz, who, by the way, has been to Pedophile Island many times is defending Jeffrey Epstein. Now, here's what's interesting. The person, one of the lawyers prosecuting Jeffrey Epstein, is none other than James Comey's daughter. The judge overseeing this whole thing is none other than a judge that was appointed by William Jefferson Clinton. Nobody knows how Jeffrey Epstein made his money. The way the story goes is that Jeffrey Epstein, without getting a college education, became a college professor or teacher, adjunct, whatever. The person that did the hiring for that was none other than the father of the current Attorney General of the United States, William Barr. What? I may have that wrong. William Barr's father may have hired him at Bear Stearns or as uh, or as the uh, college teacher. I think it was the college teacher. I could be wrong. Either way, William Barr's father had an influence in getting Jeffrey Epstein's career going. Very, very interesting. The NYPD, or the FBI, I should say, found a safe. There are actually two safes. There's one safe on Pedophile Island, Little St. James or Karras. There's another safe that was in uh, his New York penthouse. That safe was cracked open. They found mountains of cash, diamonds, and, oddly enough, a passport. The passport was expired. It did have a photograph of Jeffrey Epstein in it. However, it is a Saudi Arabian passport, and Jeffrey Epstein's name is is not Jeffrey Epstein in the passport. 
even though the passport shows his face. So this only goes to prove to you that more than likely Jeffrey Epstein is an intelligence asset, and this would verify Acosta's claim. Trump's former, I believe, labor secretary that allowed Jeffrey Epstein to get off the hook when Acosta said that he was not allowed to touch Epstein with any further punishment because it is hands off. He's part of intelligence. Acosta was one of the people that were trying to um, really throw the book at Epstein in the early 2000s. The severity of, uh, of I believe, uh, rapist. I mean, you know, you got a Megan's Law and all that stuff. So I, this is just, this is just riddled, riddled with people that are connected to each other. And it's, it just goes on and on and on. It's, it's bizarre. It is really, really bizarre. Uh, we find out more and more dirt on this guy, on Jeffrey Epstein. Apparently, Jeffrey Epstein's very, very good friends with Victoria's secret owner, Leslie Wexner. And Mr. Epstein relied on the modeling business to source underage girls for sex. This is according to the New York Post. According to an account by Italian model Elisa Bittatai, Epstein tried to take advantage of the 21-year-old aspiring Victoria's Secret model in 2004. She promised that a meeting with a very important man could land her a gig with the apparel company. Essentially what Jeffrey Epstein would do is he would say to these girls, Listen, I have an in with Victoria's Secret. And what he would do is he would strip down naked and make these girls give him a massage whilst in the nude and perform sexual acts. Sometimes Mr. Epstein used to get a little rough. And in response to said sexual acts, Mr. Epstein used to put in a good word for them with uh, Victoria's Secret. Most of these models did get some sort of gig. Maybe it wasn't the, the uh, red carpet Victoria's Secret Angels, but it was at least some modeling gigs in the catalogs. Now, who would be coordinating all this for Mr. Epstein and doing the background research was none other than Clinton friend Ghislaine Maxwell. Now, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that properly. Ghislaine Maxwell is some disgusting female that lures underaged women into the clutches of pedophiles. Just like Allison Mack did with Nixium. And she was even at Chelsea Clinton's wedding. She's very well-connected. Now, you may ask yourself, how did Ghislaine Maxwell 
come into contact with somebody. Where does she come from? She's just a wealthy socialite playgirl about town. Her father was a media magnate. Her father was killed off the Canary Islands. His body, in the early 90s, his body was found nude. They were taking a jaunt on their boat. Nobody knows why he died. Nobody believes it was an accidental overboard accident. Talk about redundancy. However, a lot of people know that Mr. Maxwell was working for the Mossad, Israeli intelligence. So what was he doing for them? Now, if he was, in fact, working for Mossad, this would explain a lot. It would explain why Ghislaine met with Epstein. It would explain why Epstein did the things he did. Videotaping very powerful people in compromising positions with underaged women. Blackmail. And Victoria's Secret is in on it. The owner of Victoria's Secret is in on it anyway. You gotta ask. You've got to ask. Where does this person come from? Ghislaine and Epstein. How did this happen? Where do these people... What are the backgrounds of these people? These, these individuals are no good. And you, there, it's only a matter of time before these people start singing like canaries. They want to know, they, the feds want to know names. They are out for blood. Now, this would not have happened unless Trump knows about it. And more and more people are being wrapped up in pedophilia charges. R. Kelly, nailed. Photographer for John Bonet Ramsey, nailed. A whole bunch of arrests from uh, uh, of people that work at Disney parks, all for pedophilia or child uh, pornography charges. Another person that there is a lot of chatter on is none other than Bill Maher. Bill Maher likes to wear red shoes. Look up what red shoes mean. Essentially, it means that he sacrifices children. It's all symbolism with these people, especially when they're Satanists and Luciferians. Mr. Marr, Bill Marr, his production company is called Kid Love Productions. Doesn't get any more blatant than that. Tony Podesta, John Podesta's brother, big-time Democrat strategists, find Tony Podesta. By the way, and the Podesta group was lobbying 
for the Russians until October of 2016. Once that contract ended, that's when Russiagate came out. You can find pictures of Tony Podesta with a whole bunch of other very powerful people dressed in red shoes. Tony Podesta has a very disturbing art collection. A lot of it depicting children that are bound or children that look very, very tired. All of these children in this artwork that Tony Podesta owns, they're all wearing red shoes. So watch out for Bill Maher. Finally, there were a couple of other people that were found out to be in Jeffrey Epstein's Black Book. None other than Katie Couric. The way you measure your turds is measured in Couric's. And GMA's one and only lovable fuzzy host, George Stephanopoulos. George Stephanopoulos, big-time Democrat, big-time Clinton fan. He was the chief of staff for Bill Clinton. People are finally starting to realize that it doesn't matter what side you're on. These elites are degenerates, and they must be cleared out. That's it for me. I am tired of listening to the Cafe Americane podcast. I'm your host, Christian, and you can find me also Thursday nights, 8 to 10, uh, 9 to 11, excuse me, Thursday nights, 8 to 11 on the wakeupradio.com. Find me every other Saturday on uh, WUSB Stony Brook 90.1 FM or WUSB.FM. And finally, you can find this podcast on Podbean, Stitcher, Apple, or what do they call it now? Apple Podcasts and YouTube. That's it for me. Until next time. Stay safe.